Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ranked show is sponsored by Direct TV Stream. I am your host, RJ Young. Thank you for watching on the Fox Sports app, YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, or listening wherever you get your podcast. Today, I'm going to talk through the venomous carnage that is the Pac 12, the SEC power separating, and the G5s elevating in what has turned out to be a glorious day of college football. Let's go! It's the number one ranked show. All right, so we got to start with number three, Oregon. Lost in overtime to an actual tree. 31-24 on a plot in California nicknamed the farm. Look, Oregon fans have a lot of blame and excuses to go around here. The Ducks didn't have their offensive coordinator who was out with emergency surgery, and we hope that Joe Moorhead is okay. The Ducks lost a safety to a broken ankle in the walkthrough. The Ducks lost C.J. Verdell to a terrible injury, and Kayvon Thibodeau, who is college football's best player, picked up a targeting call from the booth that totally changed the course of the game with two minutes left to play. He's out for the next half at minimum, and if I was him, I don't think I'd play another down in college football, quite honestly. Until that moment, though, with 151 left to play, odds projections were that Oregon had a 99.99% chance to win against Stanford. And like I said, the Ducks have a lot of excuses they could make. But the fact of the matter is, you have to, and I repeat, have to beat a 2-2 two and two Stanford on the road. There is no excuse for that. As it is, the Pac-12 has totally cannibalized itself. Every last team in the conference has taken an L, and it's likely going to miss the playoff for a fifth consecutive year. It's no longer an if expansion happens. It's when and I wrote a pun in there, for those of you that can't see it. If only because the Pac-12 can't keep living like this, man. All right, number two, Georgia barbecued the Hogs 37-0 at Sanford. And the environment for an 11 a.m. kickoff was outstanding. My goodness, there's a reason why it is my favorite place that I've ever been for a college football game. Now, I've said for years that college football is more fun when Arkansas is good. They're good, and damn it, this is fun for Georgia fans. Sheesh. Look, Arkansas fans, I want to talk to you right quick. You've still got an extremely good football team over there, and you should be very proud of them. You still have everything to play for, and the way this thing is going, you're probably in the running for a New Year's Six Bowl if you can keep it together. Now, Arkansas started this game ranked in the AP Top 10 for the first time since 2012. That's the same year I graduated from Oklahoma with a terminal master's degree, and Trevor Knight led Oklahoma to a Sugar Bowl win against Nick Saban, Amari Cooper, and the Alabama Crimson Tide. Heading into the game, though, the news was quarterback JT Daniel was out. I thought that might be a good sign for the Razorbacks, as UGA is undefeated at 7-0 when Daniels is the starter. Then Stetson Bennett said, I got this. 
But I got this really only meant that he had to hand the ball to Zeus White, Kendall Milton, and James Cook. All Georgia running backs who led the rushing attack to a gaudy 273 on the ground. But the offense was an afterthought. The UGA defense ought to be nicknamed the Pentagon because they are the Department of Defense. They forced three and outs on four of Arkansas's first five drives and kept the Razorbacks mired behind the 50 most of the afternoon. It's not just that it was 24 to nothing, not a zip at halftime. It's that Arkansas averaged 261 on the ground a game coming into Sanford and had just 40 in the first half. And again, zero points for Arkansas. Arkansas finished with 75 rush yards, just 162 total yards, zero points. Means the Bulldogs rushed for more yards than Arkansas had total. The Hogs didn't amass 100 yards of total offense until the last minute of the third quarter. They also scored zero points. Did you get the part where UGA allowed zero points? Georgia is on its judge smells right now. You'll get nothing and like it. The Bulldogs haven't just shut out their last two opponents. They've allowed just three points scored from top 10 opponents this year. Top 10 mean that number next to the team that they're playing, right? So Clemson was the number three team at the time when they played them. It's a top 10 team. Now, that means that Georgia has a lot a gaudy, or shall we say stingy, 4.6 points per game. And per Fox Sports research, the Bulldogs, 4.6 points allowed per game, is well ahead of where the 2001 Miami Hurricanes were through five games, with 12.4, as well as 2011 Alabama, who set a mark of 8.4. That Bama troop gave up 39.6 rush yards through its first five games, which is virtually untouchable. But Georgia outpaces that group in total yards allowed, giving up just 180.6 to that Bama team's 191.6, passing yards allowed 110 to 152, and first down surrendered 51 to 56. They've allowed just one offensive TD this entire season and outscored SEC opponents 133-13 to 13 so far. And those 13 points all came from number one ranked show, social media maven, Javion Duncan's South Carolina. My man played football at South Carolina, for those of y'all that don't know. South Carolina head coach Shane Beamer still has the best take on the 2021 Georgia defense, though, when he said, quote, uh, they got like 105-star football players on their defense. They have a defensive lineman that weighs 340 pounds and runs better than anybody on this call. They've got five-star defensive backs. They're big, physical, fast. Other than that, they're really freaking good. That's why they've got the top defense in the country. They're hard to run the football on. There wasn't some magical scheme they came out with tonight. They've got five-star recruits everywhere, and they play really physical. Damn. End quote. <laughs> Number one, Alabama, Ole Miss. Hey, look, this is fun for me. And, I, and we'll get into why it was fun for me. But Alabama had won 52 out of the last 63 of these games, including the last five straight prior to today's whooping. Ole Miss hadn't been ranked as highly, though, since 2016 when they're, you know, achieved number 12 coming in this thing. By now, you know, Nick Saban is 24-0 against his former assistant coaches. But you might not have guessed the tide came into this game having scored at least 30 points in 30 straight games, making it 31 today. That's the longest active streak in the FBS, and it ties UCF's record 31 straight games with 30 points or more today. Lane Kiffin, though, told us all to get a popcorn ready and then toss the headset like he had something up his sleeve in the pregame. I'm uh, here with my with my popcorn, and uh, I'm looking at, at my notes. It says, 42-21, Bama. I don't, uh, uh, okay, maybe, maybe, I got, it says 19 straight wins for Alabama. Like, dating back to November 30th, 2019. Also says, uh, Brian Robinson Jr. He rushed for 171 yards on 36 rushes. He had four TDs, you know, like the, the number on his jersey, four. He had four of them. F-O. Also, damn, it says 451 total yards Ole Miss gave up, Lane. I got my popcorn out for this? Like, for real? Is that what we doing? 
I expected something different than 28-0 at half, dog. That's all I'm saying. I expected your man Matt Corral to go out there and do something more than put up 200 yards passing from the football. But, you know, like maybe this is what you meant. Because popcorn still tastes good. Y'all not undefeated no more. I ain't really got to talk about Mississippi like that anymore. Oh, one guy away. All right. Number nine, Notre Dame. They took an L to Cincinnati. Now, we got to talk about this. So, Notre Dame began this game 119-1 and against American Athletic Conference teams. ND also had won its last 26 straight home games. Hadn't lost a game at home since Jake Fromm led UGA to a win in South Bend. And ND had won 12 of their last 13 overall, dating back to 2020. At the start of the college football weekend, ND led the country in INTs with nine. And like Metallica told us, nothing else mattered. Like, check it. Lou Fickle and his Bearcats just earned the biggest win in program history, full stop, 24-13, and are an absolute threat to make the playoff. They're undefeated with a top-10 win on the road against a team I watched dismantle Wisconsin on Tuesday, or excuse me, uh, not on Tuesday, last Saturday. We talked about it on Tuesday because we do the ranking show on Tuesday. Anyway, we will talk at length about, you know, Indy putting $1.2 million in the bag because we gotta, but I thought you should know that Indy putting $1.2 million in the bag to take a whooping from the University of Cincinnati. Just let that go. You know, we're gonna get to it. But for today, we have this from the University of Cincinnati. Afternoon. Uh, good to be back here talking some football. Um, good start for us um, offensively, defensively. I like the way we started the game. Um, I thought we battled. Uh, our football team found a way to win. Uh, looking at our opponent. They've got a lot of tradition. They've won a lot of football games. and This was, as we said, a signature win for us. Uh, against a very talented team. and uh, It's unbelievable, you know, what they know about you now. They know about... <laughs> Cincinnati fans, they know about how passionate they are. And I, and I want to make sure that people realize how special that performance was. And uh, it, it, again, it comes back to the same thing. Cincinnati is, the, is a great place to be. Okay, thanks guys. Yo, Cincinnati, point blank in broad daylight. To quote my man Skittles. <laughs> my goodness. I needed that. I needed that so bad. All right. You know what I needed? I needed to talk about Kentucky with the upset of AP number 10, Florida, 20 to 13. All right. I'm going to be a little bit loud. All right. So y'all going to have to roll with me on this. Oh, Florida fans, come out and play. Look, I didn't have Florida fans in my mentions for the better part of three weeks. Want to know why I ranked your team number 24? Guess what? You ain't got to worry about that no more. You ain't got to worry. You ain't got to worry about that no more. Don't even worry about where your team going to be ranked in these here rankings. Don't even worry about where your team going to be ranked in the AP rankings. You got two losses now, sonny. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm, We're going to get into it. Look, to say the Gators have owned the Wildcats, though, is to say that a fly squatter owns a fruit fly. You get what I'm saying? The Gators were 33-1 and against UK since 1987. But that one win came in the March Dukes era back in 2018. However, the Gators have won 16 straight in Lexington, and they desperately needed a quality win. I thought Kentucky would be a quality win, you know, 4-0, and I ranked them. And yet, the UK looked Florida straight in the eye and said, there's the Brexit right over there. We don't even want you in the union no more. Now, how did... Kentucky, who y'all told me ain't beat nobody, ain't beat nobody, turn around and whoop them Gators by more points than Alabama beat them Gators. Make it make sense. Kentucky 
is one of three undefeated teams left in the SEC and the second best team in the SES, excuse me, SEC East. Respect will be paid. Florida fans, now in my mentions, talking about Alabama is overrated now. Child, please. See, this is why I need an expanded playoff. The scoreboard is the only true arbiter of who is good. You know, like the God flame and C. Get on that. I'm, I'm on that. I'm on that. Talk to me about that. As it is, though, Florida's best win is a two-point loss to Alabama. And this is how y'all are going out of the playoff conversation in a trash can. Look here, Florida fans, I want to take a good look at this here sweater. I, I, wore, this, I wore this for you. This for you, okay? For those of y'all that are literate, you will get it when I say, till you do right by me. Till you do right by me. As I've been saying, like, with Texas, though, Texas, te Texas might actually be good, okay? They beat Texas Christian 32-27 at Amon G. Carter. I've been saying, Texas Christian running back, Zach Evans, is a dude for the better part of three years now. If Evans stays out of trouble, though, like for the next 18 months, he's going to be talked about, if not drafted, as highly as Dallas Cowboys running back Zeke Elliott. Watch Evans in pass protection. He doesn't chip when he's not supposed to, and he meets backers in the hole. And he was leading blocking. He was lead blocking for QB Max Duggan on the edge, just blowing people up. Evans finished with 15 carries for 113 yards. It's his third straight 100-yard rushing game and his fifth in the last seven times that he's had an opportunity to carry the rock for Texas Christian. But it's time to start talking about B. John Robinson and the Heisman house. Matter of fact, Reggie, Matt, put the man in Club Heisman, all right? Put, 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 go ahead, put the man in Club Heisman. Matter of fact, I think that might be our number one ranked show player of the week. He had 37 touches for 238 yards against Gary Patterson's defense. And y'all know that I love that Gary Patterson 425. I really do. And 216 of those rush yards, right, were absolutely destroying Texas Christian. Look, he had 20 touches for 191 yards last week. He's rushed for at least 103 yards in all but one game. And he's already got over 600 yards on the ground through five games. Again, Take note, Heisman voters, do your job. And let's be clear. One of the reasons both OU and Texas are in this show today is because the Big 12 is, you know, full of remaining members who have points they would like to prove. Problem is, none of them points have added up to wins against OU or Texas so far. You know, we'll get to OU here in a little bit, but I'm just saying. Like, if y'all want to come out here and talk all y'all noise, win the football game. You know, I even gassed you up earlier in the week. I had Senator Cohorts coming up here to just give Jay Hart's little business once again. Kansas State. I had been gassing you up talking about Oklahoma ain't big, no Kansas State since the plague happened. Since Chris Kleiman was coaching in the FCS. And then we had today, and we'll talk about it. But I'm saying, y'all want to talk noise. You want to put some points on the board. Got to go beat some people. Now here we are with OU Texas on the horizon, and we're going to try to figure out which one of those teams is going to end up, you know, third in the SEC, playing for New Year's Six Bowls. Because, again, OU and Texas joining the SEC is, is, is great for the SEC, and it's great for their bottom line. That's still Alabama. That's still Georgia. You've seen what we've been doing here. Anyway, I'm going to be paying attention to OU Texas because that's what I do. Uh, but I can't, I can't, you know. We'll talk about my squad here in a bit. Texas, thank you for getting through this with the, with the one loss to the top 15 opponent that is a good Arkansas so that, you know, we feel some kind of way about watching this football game. But my goodness, man, the separation is real. We need to talk about this a little bit later in the show. Number 14, Michigan, rocked Wisconsin, 38-17 at Camp Randall. All right? Now, 
Wisconsin had won the last five in a row against Michigan at Camp Randall, dating back to 2005, on top of winning the last two in a row. In fact, it's Michigan's first win at Madison in 20 years. That's as rosy as this series gets. You know, because the Michigan men lead it all time, 52-17-1, and Michigan's defense is absolutely legit in 2021. The Wolverines have led opponents, you know, or held opponents, excuse me, to 17 points or fewer in every game that we had to start this season. So that's five, you know, five. Five opponents you held to 17. Man, why ain't we talking about y'all like Georgia? Because it ain't 4.6 points a game. Look, K. McNamara completed 17 of 28 for 197 with two TDs, which begged the question, why did we see J.J. McCarthy at all in this game? We'll talk about it a bit later, but for now, just know it's two words. Transfer. Portal. As for Wisconsin, it's hard to win if you move the football like a 300-pound man runs the mile, and that 300-pound man's name is Wisconsin. But Wisconsin is a good football team when Graham Mertz doesn't throw the football to the other team. Sounds super simple, but there it is. Moving that ball became like a 300-pound man moving through quicksand once Mertz went out after taking a shot to the ribs from Tulsa's own Dax Hill because Tulsa boys absolutely smacked. On top of that, Michigan held Whiskey to just 43 rush yards. At 1-3, Wisconsin is off to its worst start since 1990. I was three. The Badgers finished one and ten that year. Ironically, that was Barry Alvarez's first season at Wisconsin, and the Badgers chose to honor Alvarez Saturday by name of the field at Camp Randall. Barry Alvarez Field. It's an auspicious start, dog. <laughs> Wake Forest roughed up Louisville 37 34 in Winston-Salem. This game has traditionally been a shootout like you read about. Prior to today, the last five games between the two had averaged more than 993 yards of total offense combined. When they played in 2019, the Cardinals won 62-59. to Wake Forest had begun the season, though, 4-0, winning every game by a margin of 20 or more, and it's the first time that that has happened since 1924. The Demon Dinkins have also put up at least 35 in every game that they played, including this one against Louisville. Sam Hartman, stand up. The Demon Deacons walked into this game with seven picks this season, you know, having recorded at least one in 12 of their last 13 games. The only one where they hadn't, ironically, Louisville, 2020. But now that Wake is 5-0, and are they a playoff team? We'll talk about it here in just a little bit, promise. Oklahoma held off Kansas State in Manhattan, 37-31. to We've literally experienced an Old Testament plague since the last time Oklahoma beat K-State. I said that. Glad to know that K-State is behind us, even if the plague ain't. <laughs> Still, Kansas State coach Chris Kleiman had been coaching in Manhattan for three years, and he already has as many wins against Lincoln Riley as Oklahoma State coach Mike Gundy does, who is 2-15, against both Lincoln Riley and Big Noon Bob all time. Look, Oklahoma may like Robert Downey Jr. when he said in Tropic Thunder, survive. They're 5-0 and with OU Texas on deck. And while I am terrified, my bold prediction over on CFB on Fox is for Oklahoma to make it through the month of October undefeated. Many of y'all are like, yo, RJ, doesn't Oklahoma win like 10, 11, 12 games a year? Yeah, they do. But they lose one in October. Check it. Oklahoma has not run out of October undefeated since 2004. I was a sophomore in high school. I hadn't actually started working out either. So I'm a totally different dude with like big cheeks. And it's a whole, it's a whole mood. Like high school RJ. Pray for that man. That, that boy need everybody's help. That year though, they ended up in the national title, which is great. Except that national title game was against, you know, the dudes at noon, Leinert and Bush. and You know what? It's just best not to dwell on the past. You know, push forward. Think about what's coming in front of you. As for the present, Lincoln Riley got to win number 50 today. You know, like in Ghana's 60 seconds when Lincoln, uh, Lincoln, when Memphis Reigns pulled up to Raymond Kalitri's, like, junkyard 
and it was like, you're late. And he's like, no, I'm not. This is number 50. This is number 50 for Lincoln Riley. Only Coach Switzer with 56 games and Bud Wilkinson with 57 games got to 50 wins faster. Means that Riley got there quicker than his predecessor, Big Noon Bob. Number five, Iowa. Went Bubba Sparks in College Park. Yeah, man. Bubba Sparks, College Park. That's, that's, that's also high school, RJ. Like, again, pray for that dude. Defeated Maryland, 51-14. I watched every bit of this game. My goodness. Iowa rolled into Maryland Stadium and took out a previously undefeated 4-0 Maryland like Omar and Brother Muzon did string a bell. Shout out Wire Stands. We out here. We are legion. The Hawkeyes haven't allowed more than 24 points in a game since November 23rd, 2018. That's 27 straight games of holding opponents under 25 points. If you score four TDs on the Hawkeyes, keep the ball. Make them sign it. Iowa feels like 2009 Alabama. I don't know if they're that good, but that's how they feel. They're playing, you know, Ja Rule ball, as in murdering, you know, murder football, because I'm real. You know, the way you walked away, never mind. Add to this, Maryland committed, you know, seven turnovers in this game. For context, Michigan has committed one, one turnover in five games. Stupid. Iowa hadn't scored more than 34 points in the game since December 5th, 2020. Speaking of stupid, the Hawkeyes scored 34 in the first half against, again, previously undefeated 4-0 Maryland on the road. And the Hawkeyes, seven forced turnovers are the most takeaways they've had in one game in a quarter century. Iowa ranks first in the country with 15 takeaways, 12 of those are picks, and Iowa is a 37, or excuse me, it's 37-point margin of victory, is its largest, and not just its largest, but the largest in the AP poll era, you know, for teams that are facing each other that are undefeated, 4-0, dating back to 1936. I'm saying, Iowa is up to something. Maryland is not. Terps QB to Leah Tonga-Valoa had thrown just one interception in four games this season. He threw five against Iowa, and the Hawkeyes picked off six total. Iowa only had six total, you know, INTs at kickoff. They ended the game with 12 in five games. Put another way, Tonga Valoa started the game with 10 TD passes and one pick. After tossing five passes to dudes wearing Iowa jerseys, Tonga Valoa is tied for the most INTs in the Big Ten through five games. Call that man, Talia, turned the ball over, if only for that one night. Hawkeye safety, Riley Moss, has three INTs in five games, and he's out there playing like a Sean Kilpatrick All-Star. You know, like an all-pro Reggie Cleveland. Somebody's going to get that. Somebody's laughing. If you're laughing, just know that we drift compatible. Iowa has picked off 76 passes since 2017. That's the most of any Power 5 team. That's their up there. Up there. Excuse me. That is their up there. I'm going to go at this one more time. That's their air up there. Man, I just wanted to really get that Kevin Bacon joke in there. Falling over it. Call them Aang. The last airbender. You see, I juked you there. See, I went with the air up there, and then we went the last airbender. But see, the thing is about the last airbender, it ain't Aang. That's really the dude that you ought to be talking about, right? Or at least the airbender you, you should be talking about. You should be talking about Korra. Because Korra be about it. Absolutely about it. Aang just be, they don't stay whining. You know, look, my goddaughters, they are all over the last airbender. So naturally, I and their moms is all over the last airbender. So I got these last airbender references and jokes and takes. So we just going to be here. That's what it's going to be about. You know, like with the baby shark and whatnot. We all had those to go. This, just roll with me. But what am I talking about? Y'all anime like me. Yeah. Forget it. Y'all in. Let me drive this home, though. At one point in the second half, Iowa had more takeaways with six than third down attempts from Maryland with three. And you need to know the reigning WWE champion is Big E. Why does that matter to you? Because the reigning WWE champion 
played football at Iowa. Seeing as I was just doing a mock draft with my man Ryan Satin over there on Out of Character, I thought that was kind of serendipitous. By the way, my roster, totally better than his roster. I took Becky Lynch, number one, off the, off the rip. You can have Reigns. I don't need Reigns. Reigns is cool, though, but I, 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 I took Becky Lynch. Anyway, the Big Ten East is stacked. But is it the best division outside of the SEC West? This is a very interesting question, right? It was actually posed by a producer cat, and I think it's an interesting question because I've been saying so, right? But now we got some data. We got some points. We got some games played. Michigan's win against Wisconsin, right, basically means that they're owning the Big Ten West outside of Iowa, okay? It's also that we, don't, we, we didn't really expect Michigan to be great. Right? We might have expected them to be decent. But coming off of last year, especially with Jim Harbaugh having this contract that only pays him for winning and for doing well, we were like, man, Michigan is going to have to put up or shut up. And we didn't really see the offense to be there. We didn't see the defense to be there. They lost their defense or their secondary coach to Buffalo as head coach. You had to bring in a new defense coordinator, Mike McDonald from Baltimore. And then John Harbaugh was not excited to lose Mike McDonald to Ann Arbor, but he loves his brother, and he wants his brother to do well. And then you're looking at the way that Jim Harbaugh, King Khaki, want to play football, and you're going, yo, man, murder ball ain't going to work. And yet murder ball seems to be very much in vogue in college football this year, in large part because the quarterback play has been bad. But the defense has been outstanding. All to say, this is the kind of football that Michigan wanted to play when they hired Harbaugh. But... Is it the year in which they can actually do that thing that they ain't done since 2011 and beat Ohio State? Put it another way. They're off to their best start since 2016. We said that, right? 5-0. and You know what happened when they played Ohio State in 2016? They lost. Okay? You're going to need a little bit more. But the depth in the Big Ten East, my goodness. It's Michigan, Michigan State, Penn State. All undefeated. And the preseason Big Ten favorite and the defending conference champ. That's Ohio State. They got one loss. Okay? I'm saying, Rutgers, Maryland, two teams at the bottom of the Big Ten East right now. Who are their losses to? To a world-class Iowa that is pushing for the college football playoff and to a world-class Ohio State that if it runs the table, stands a doggone good chance of getting into the playoff. Like, that Big Ten East is stacked. And it might be more stacked than the SEC West, but at least right now, I'm very confident that it is the second-best division in all of football. I'm also going to add this here. Penn State's big win against Auburn and Michigan State's big win against Miami drives this home further to me, right? Remember that Maryland and Rutgers were undefeated in non-conference play. Their losses come to conference opponents and class conference opponents. I'm saying, like, maybe Kevin Warren might actually want to, you know, look at this whole division thing and just tear it up and just have them play as many times as you could possibly have them play because the division is not helping you, especially in a year in which Wisconsin is bad, Minnesota ain't great, Purdue ain't great, Nebraska, Nebraska, 56-7 tonight, look at you, Nebraska. I'm so high, I'm so excited for you, but you still ain't good. That's kind of my point, right? You really want it to be someone else challenging Iowa. But right now, it's Iowa versus the Big Ten East. And you better hope that Iowa is, you know, something like undefeated against the Big Ten East champion. But maybe not because Penn State might go ahead and get a W. Next week's going to be all kinds of awesome. That's the big noon game, too. Man, your boy going to have these TVs stacked up. He got the OU Texas game. He got the Penn State-Iowa game. I love this sport. All right, next question we got to talk about. Should Georgia be the number one team in the entire country? All right, first, that we're even asking this question speaks to UGA being elite, like super elite, like super legit. Like, I, I was skeptical, you know, because one of my rules is, who'd you play? Where'd you play them? What'd you do? You know how we feel about this Clemson team. Like, I was first to say, yeah, I don't think they're that good. 
not that good. The way that they did not move the football against Georgia. And then you also get to see that, you know, Georgia's defense is, you know, on the level of Ultron with all six Infinity Stones. If you're not up on that What If episode, get up on that What If episode because he's absolutely cutting Thanos in half and he's coming for the Watcher. Like, that's what UGA's defense is clicking on. But then when Clemson, you know, they, they go and take two L's and four games, you don't know what to do with them. But then again, there's this. Who's going to score 21 on UGA this year? And I'm asking that honestly. Is, is Alabama capable of scoring 21 on UGA? Because they got these dudes, man. They got these absolute monsters in the middle. N'Kobe Dean out here absolutely throwing up the hooks. You know? We got Jordan Davis over here. We got Jalen Carter. Like, Nolan Smith coming off the edge. You're not throwing on them. Like, I was amazed, quite honestly, that they could stop Kendall Browse and Arkansas from doing anything at all. Nothing. Nada. Zip. Ole Miss showed you can't gamble and expect to win, right, unless you're sharp. And the only two teams in college football right now, let alone the SEC, that are sharp, UGA is one of them. Like, when you got that kind of defense, it don't matter what you want to do on offense. You want to run the football? Fine. You want to run full full house backfield? Fine. You want to run the flex bone? Fine. You want to run the bone? That's fine, too, because the defense is going to stop anybody from doing anything. Again, Arkansas is good. UGA is just super elite, dude. Like, that's just what it is. They are all pro levels of Madden over there. And then there's this. I'm not going to rank Georgia the number one team in the country. Why am I not going to do this? It's not just because Alabama stumped a mud hole in and walked dry Mississippi. It's also because Nick Saban owns his assistants. That includes Kirby Smart. When Kirby Smart and Nick Saban play football, Kirby Smart comes home with the L, as in Lehu Zeher. Okay? Till then, keep winning football games. I can't wait for the world's largest outdoor cocktail party. That'll be fun. Florida fans, what's up? What's good? You doing all right? How's your night going? You seen the you seen the, you seen the video? Seen the video where they the, the, the dude put the actual alligator in a trash can? Produce cat asked me straight up, hey RJ, would you do that? Hell no. I'm not even doing that with no iguana. Uh uh-uh, uh, no. Oh, we had this thing over here where Charlotte was doing this thing, you know, and she over here talking to tigers and stuff. You must got me messed up. Talking to no tigers? Uh uh-uh. uh. I got a hard time with dogs. <sighs> Gators. But I'll talk to his Florida fans. Who runs the ACC now? It's a very interesting question. It's also a sad question because it ain't Clemson. And it's been that way for a decade, in a literal decade. We got 14 teams in this conference. Only one of them is undefeated now. And it ain't the one that anybody thought would be undefeated. All right, but let me walk through this right quick. UNC, we thought they were going to be good. We thought they might challenge Clemson for supremacy. Then they took an early L to Virginia Tech, which is fine. We thought Virginia Tech was good. I thought they were good. I ranked them. Then they turned around and lost to West Virginia, which is fine. Until West Virginia lost to Texas Tech today, which would have been fine, except Texas Tech got 70 dunked on their head by Texas. Who got dunked on their head by Arkansas? Who got absolutely destroyed by Georgia? You get what I'm saying here? You see see how this thing works out? So that's UNC. Then I keep looking down and I keep going through. I thought Boston College would have got it done tonight. They did not. They did not. They had an opportunity to win it late. I'm watching this game, dog, because, you know, I I take a lot of pride and watching all the football, right? Because I want my top 25 to matter. I'm not going to bed. I'm not watching the games that are just ranked. I'm watching them all, right? I get off this thing. I go into the living room. I'll catch up on what I missed. I watch all the way through till 1 a.m. in the morning. But my point here is I'm watching Boston College, and they are inside the red zone. They doggone on the one-yard line with an opportunity to not just go get six, 
but to win this game 2019 with the extra point. And my man gonna fumble the snap. Clemson gonna recover. So Boston College is out, which means we are left with 5-0 Wake Forest carrying the mantle for the ACC. Not Clemson, not Florida State, not UNC, not Virginia. Wake <laughs> the Demon Deacons. Winston-Salem. <laughs> I fine. Let's assume, for the sake of this argument, Wake Forest runs the table undefeated. They make the playoff? Do they make the playoff? I mean, they ain't no Pac-12 undefeated champion. They ain't no Big Ten undefeated champion. You got to say Big 12 runs table because Oklahoma and Oklahoma State are still undefeated. And, you know, SEC is going to be there regardless of what I think or what you think, quite honestly, because everybody's in this consensus. They're, got, they got two teams that'll be in. Yeah, okay, look, Wake Forest getting in. And that one lost SEC team, bed not. They, they, be, they, be, they bed not. They bed not. But wait, you got seven more games. Run it, baby. Run it. Win your conference championship. Show me what you got. I don't think you're gonna, but I would, I, you know, Monique, I would like to see it. Now, this question. Interesting. Is Cincinnati's win the biggest in school history? Are they the hope for a G5 team to make the playoff? First question, or first part of that question, is easy to answer. Yes, it is the biggest win in school history. This is only the second time that Cincinnati has had an opportunity to play Notre Dame. And it came 121 years after the last time they played Notre Dame. Wasn't none of us around. They also had to play that game at Notre Dame Stadium, which means that they need to get paid for their time. Of course, at the time this game was scheduled, I don't think Notre Dame expected to be the number nine team in the country staring up at the number seven team in the country. I certainly don't think that they expected to be the dog at their home stadium against the Bearcats from Cincinnati. And I know they didn't expect to be emptied of $1.2 million of their own money. And they win to Cincinnati. Now, all that being said, it ain't just that Cincinnati is undefeated. It's that Brigham Young is also undefeated, and they got twice as many top 25 wins as you know, Cincinnati. Y'all just love Cincinnati, which gets back to this idea. The cachet they earned in 2020 has carried over with the AP voters, which I think will carry over to the College Football Playoff Selection Committee's rankings because those things are pretty similar. You know, like the variance between the playoff committee's rankings and the coaches poll is a little bit different. But the AP is the one that we most trust outside of mine. Because, you know, it's, it's, it's 60 dudes that care, you know, or I think they care. I think most of them care. I think some, you know, I think most of them care. Point there being, after what Cincinnati was able to do, running the table undefeated, get to the Peach Bowl, and then acquit itself well against the Georgia team that we're all calling, you know, Ultron levels of savage. Yeah. Everybody thinks that the Desmond Reader last year and that team is good. And then you get a W against, honestly, your defensive coordinator and architect last year in Marcus Freeman. You're able to get a win against Brian Kelly running three quarterbacks, which is a thing we got to talk about, man. Like, we'll get to it here in a bit. But you can't keep doing this. I mean, you can because you got to keep all your quarterbacks you know, happy, or maybe you're just burning their red shirts to make sure they don't leave, but Brian Kelly played Drew Pine, Jack Cohn, and Tyler Buckner. You know, Lincoln Riley played Caleb Williams and Spencer Rattler. Jim Arbaugh played J.J. McCarthy and Kay McNamara. Like, I get it. We all scared of the portal. But it's kind of like in this business. I'm going to tell you what I think, and if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. I'll talk about that. You know, we will admit that. Matter of fact, we got this running thing on the show where producer Cat's like, yo, RJ, time to roast yourself. And I'm like, you know what? You're right. You're right. Like the Florida State thing. I've owned that. When we start playing games, the calculus change. But I'm saying, have a stance. Pick a quarterback. Make that your dude. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's hard for your dude to feel like he is the dude. It's hard for your dude 
to get in rhythm. It's hard for your football team to rally behind the dude you know is most responsible for you winning a football game or losing a football game. I, it's reality. I get that it ain't going away. I'm just saying, in some cases, make a hard edge. You know, act like you to do making $6 million a year. That's what I'm saying. All right, for Cincinnati, though, there's a scenario in place where BYU, Coastal, and Cincy, you know, all finish undefeated alongside the SEC, ACC, Big 12 champ. And that's really the rub there because we got these, uh, we got these really smart people who decided that uh, among the Power Five, only four teams should play in a playoff. Look, I make this argument a lot, and I'll continue to make it. I root for the Oklahoma Sooners. We're really good at softball. We're legendary at softball, okay? Routinely, we are chasing records in softball. Patty Gasso is the greatest coach in the history of this state, period. That includes Bob, Coach Switzer, Coach Wilkerson, all of them. And they would all cop to this. What I'm saying is, we got this thing called a tournament. You might call it a playoff. Where Oklahoma, who has been doing nothing but murdering other softball teams, shows up to play in regional. And then a super regional. And then this little thing called the World, the Women's College World Series in the capital city of Oklahoma called Oklahoma City. Played at this thing called ASA Hall of Fame Stadium. Nobody expects Oklahoma to not win it. And yet, and still, oh my God, UCLA pops up. James Madison gives you an L. Washington is good. Like, why do y'all think your sport is so terribly different from any other sport? I don't understand this. Even the FCS has a 2014 playoff. It don't hurt nobody. In the Pioneer League, San Diego goes and beats up everybody. Gets the automatic qualifier bid and then gets sunned. Nobody's mad. Why are you? What are you afraid of? So if your team is able to go and wax Coastal Carolina and your team's called Bama, great. But that one time, Coastal Carolina getting your grill, keep you from winning a national championship because you got beat on the scoreboard, then what you going to say? Saying, man. I'm tired of being surrounded by a bunch of people scared to take a whooping. Expand the playoff. 16 teams. You got 10 conferences, 10 automatic qualifiers. Let Joe's committee pick the other six at-large bids. Let's go to work. What are we doing here? I got a segment on this show called Money in the Bag. You know what I mean? What are we making fun of? We're making fun of you filling out your schedule with teams that you ain't supposed to lose to. Okay? That's why that, that's why it exists. Because I'm trying to get this out. Every game matters. The hell it does. Come on, man. You know, you ain't the degenerate that is paying for no pay-per-view game to watch Oklahoma put 76 up on Western Carolina. Chill out. All right. Finally, here's what I care about, right, as we talk through these playoff rankings here. Let's select say Sunday. The first thing. Are you undefeated? Like, I'm, 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 being, I'm being serious right now. Are you undefeated? Do you have one of these on your head? Because hmm? you got one of these on your head. Take a seat. You in my hands now. You did that. You lost. You in my hands. Okay, that's the system. Iowa, Penn State, Michigan, Michigan State, all undefeated in the Big Ten. Alabama, Georgia, Kentucky, all undefeated in the SEC. Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, they undefeated in the Big 12. Hope Bedlam is worth it this year. Wake Forest, carrying the banner. For the ACC, and then we got Pac-12, which has 12 losers in it. You know what I'm saying? See what I'm saying? Make it easy. You want to pick a college football playoff national championship? Show me the dudes that didn't lose. Okay, that's number one. Number two. Number two. I'm looking for this. Who did you beat? I'm, I'm, I'm about being serious. Who did you beat? Because hmm. if, you know, let's say you beat number eight Arkansas at home, that matters. You beat Clemson on a neutral field when we all thought Clemson was good, that matters because guess what? It don't matter what you think about the ranking at the time. It's out your hands. You put it in the hands of the AP voters. You put it in my hands. You know what I'm saying? All right? Which leads me to number three. What was their ranking when you beat them? I'm, I'm, I'm serious. What was the ranking? 
Because if it was number three and it was Clemson, it matters. You can't retroactively change the ranking. That's what the future stuff is for. That's why I take my ranking so seriously. That's why I had Florida at number 24. Okay? Where you are ranked, whether you are ranked, matters. I put a premium on the first two things. Are you undefeated? Make it simple for me. Cool. Who did you beat? Okay? Who? If they're a blue blood, like Oregon beating Ohio State, that matters. You lose to unranked Stanford, that matters too. Who did you beat? Where did you beat them? Right? Did you beat them on the road? Did you beat them on a neutral site? Matters. Okay? I care about what these rankings were. I care about who you played, where you played them, and what's your record. Okay? So I don't want to hear from nothing from no Florida fans with two losses in five games. I don't want it. I want to hear it. I don't want to hear nothing about, hey, we have a two-point loss to the best team in college football at home. No, you lost. Like, like, see, L, that, that word matters so much here. We played 12 games. 12. Small sample size. Okay? I don't want to hear nothing about the rest of the season. And only 12 of them. I'm trying to expand it so we get more on a larger sample size. And here you are talking about, no, 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 it's only going to be Alabama, Georgia. Look, man, if you don't like watching college football be played, why are you here? Like, if you think it's just going to be Alabama, Georgia, what, what are you doing? Why are you here? Hmm? Because I saw Coastal Carolina put 59 up on Louisiana Monroe. Coastal Carolina undefeated. Okay? Is Coastal Carolina better than Alabama? I don't know. Would I tell you that they are? Not today. But you know what? I told you that Florida State was a top 25 team, too. I'm saying. Play the football games. You know, that's what we do. That's what we want. We got the longest offseason in any major American sport. And here you are trying to shorten it. You're trying to, you're trying to shorten the season. Make the offseason longer. Give me more work to do. Instead of talking about these games that matter like week five. Today was awesome. Absolutely awesome. Give me more days like today. Calm and expanded playoff. All right. That's our show for today. The number one ranked show is hosted by me. RJ Young. Thank you to our sponsor, Direct TV Stream. Our lead producer is Catherine Donnelly. Our director is John Marcus. Our social media manager is Javian Duncan. Our lead of screening is Rachel Cohn. Our editor is Atang Tejano. And our executive producer is Kristen Hurley. That is it for me. Doses. Where my popcorn? <laughs>